Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast. My name is Westberdine and I am uh I'm joined I'm knee to knee uh with uh with a man named Jeb Brovsky. Hello Jeb. How are you? I am so cozy, it's insane. Uh we we had uh to to talk to our other guest who I'll introduce in just a moment. We had this uh funny weird technolo- technological prog- problem where two mics weren't working, so we're now talking around one mic uh, face to face, super erotic. <laughs> Eight inches away from one another, basically yes. like uh, like a, a country duo. Do you consider uh, this eight inches? <laughs> All right. Our other guest uh, is Austin Deleuze, um, uh, the the uh, the uh, North Carolina FC player. <laughs> Uh, Austin, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got a lot of like stuff that will pertain to you and stuff that won't. And, uh, but I, am really looking forward to, to actually hearing from you and, and talking to you for the second time in my life. So, yeah, sweet. Thank you for having me. And I apologize for destroying the podcast before I even, uh, was on it. Oh, well, you know what? Jeb's, this is Jeb's, uh, third time, I think on it. it second, that, yeah. second, this is my not third. Okay. And, uh, Thanks so. for remembering, because <laughs> I'm so memorable on this podcast. So, so um, I, 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 you've been at Austin. Just to Jeb, you've been on. People, listeners are more uh, uh, familiar with your um, oove. Mm. Uh, but, but Austin, you uh, you are kind of a, a somewhat of a North Carolina, not born and bred, but a, a kind of adoptee with Wake Forest and. Uh, but you were at your, your MLS career started in, was it at the Red Bulls or? Yes. DC? Okay. Way back when. And, uh, Wikipedia told me that, uh, you assisted on a Terry on goal. I did as I, uh, assisted on a goal of his and he assisted on a goal of mine. Mm. And that was, that's my career right there. Summed up. What does, uh, Terry on smell like? <laughs> Uh, Gillette. Really? He smells like you, Wes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Probably he smells a little less like beer, but, um, uh, well, and, and then, you know, then you kind of ended up at the Railhawks. You went to Orlando for a little bit. Um, and you were, you were, uh, you played under Minnesota's now coach, uh, Adrian Heath. Um, Indeed. and then, uh, and then you ended up back at now North Carolina FC, um, and, Congratulations! You are in the playoffs. We are. Yes, it's been a while. Um, and so uh, we'll talk more about NASL and the playoffs. Um, uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm going to kick us off with a little bit of of kind of newsy stuff, and then we're going to talk MLS playoffs, NASL playoffs, and then we've got Twitter questions. But um, uh, since you two, uh, Austin, I, I met you originally from talking to you about your um, playing for Pride which um, was kind of uh, a, a partially a response from uh, the kind of North Carolina bathroom bill law. Um, how much money did you raise for um, playing for Pride this year? So right now we are at uh, $12,600, and um, I'm going to shut it down here in a couple weeks. Um, so hopefully we can tack a little bit more onto that. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty happy with where it's ended up. Well, fantastic. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And congratulations on it. Um, That's awesome. uh, and so, uh, we kind of met through that. And then Jeb, I've always known you as, as the kind of, uh, uh, 
uh, opinionated, uh, not sticking to, to sticking to sports. <laughs> so um, the three of us joked about getting together, you two together, to, to have a, a a podcast that is all just soccer players not stick, sticking to sports. Get the band together. Uh, but at least we can do a special episode of of not sticking to sports. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys for your uh, not sticking to sports eventually throughout the show. But my I'll, I'll kick us off with an amuse bouche, which is just this story um, that cracked me up. Uh, Sid Lowe wrote for ESPN F, uh, FC um, that Rio Vallecano, uh, everyone knows, is the, uh, the 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 offshoot of the uh, the mothership of Rio OKC, uh, second division Spanish team, and they're like extremely lefty. Um, so to, to the degree, yeah, yeah. To not the, like 11 yeah. left footed players. Yeah. Although, you know, that would be an experiment. I just had to clear that up just in case people. And so their, their, uh, their coach, Slow uh, and fans and players all pitched in to like save this 85 year old woman from eviction last year. But it, Sid's article is fantastic because it, it's in part about how there are still some left, like even further left, uh, supporters who are like mad at them for seemingly just like being leftist as a marketing campaign. Um, <laughs> it's just, just like uh, that kind of like conflict is totally my jam. Uh, like you're not, you're, you're just, you're not lefty enough. Um, but, uh, but then the article kind of goes into the way in which like, uh, you know, Sid basically asks like, how do you stick to sports when everything is political in Spain right now? You know, with, with everything going with the Catalan, uh, um, it's not a revolution, but an independence movement, I guess you would say. Um, so it's a super interesting article. That's that's all I all I have for you guys. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember watching it a few weeks ago, watching Barcelona play play in an empty stadium, and it was just sort of surreal to to see that they had been so affected by this. Um, but yeah, how do you separate how do you separate politics and sports when when stuff like that is happening? I mean. And just to piggyback off that, it's what, what people a lot of time forget is that athletes are humans, you know, and that's we're not just, uh, you know, uh, monkey, what we're not monkeys in a zoo <laughs> where you can come and pay a fee and then, you know, you watch us throw poop around a cage and then you can leave and say, why did that monkey give me his opinion? Yeah. Um, and so when especially something as as historic and massive as this Catalan, Catalan thing is, is happening, you can't expect that the biggest uh, attraction in Barcelona, a.k.a. FC Barcelona, yeah. is not the players aren't going to be affected, their families aren't going to be affected. People, you know, who've, players who have grown up in Spain and in uh, Barcelona their entire lives aren't going to be affected or aren't going to have an opinion about it. Um, and, and so I think that's where Austin and I um, have certainly connected um, on, on the basis of, you know, like here in America, we're, we're citizens as well. We have an opinion, you know, uh, Austin went to Wake Forest. I went to Notre Dame. We have an education. We, we learn like, you know, we, we see our society and we want to improve it. Austin's doing great things with playing for pride, you know? So it's, it's, it's something that should be commended. It's not something that should be, uh, you know, look down upon that all of a sudden athletes can't have opinions. And so I think sports in general has, has a very powerful, uh, grasp to, to change social. I mean, you see what, what the NFL players are doing with kneeling. I mean, it's, it's created a conversation and that's what 
that's what I think athletes can do because all we have is, is just a different venue. We're just using a different venue. We're using it, you know, all, I, yes, eyes are on us, but you know, the best athletes, the smartest athletes can use that for their, you know, for their motives and their, their opinions. And if you have a, an informed opinion, you should, you should be able to share it without ridicule and, and without um, saying, you know, well, you're just a dumb athlete. You know, why, why, why should these FC Barcelona players care that, you know, they might separate from Spain? Well, because they're, they're citizens, they're humans, and they should have just as equal opinion as, as anyone else. Yeah. Um, that, want, that's that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm gonna walk. That's, out. that's all. <laughs> now I'm gonna stick to sports. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you, Jeb, about uh, the uh, total hard turn here. Uh, this week, the MIAC, uh, mm. Minnesota IAC, whatever it is, uh, but it's basically like the all the D D three schools in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the tournament starts. You have been uh, coaching, assistant coaching for mm-hmm. um, University of Saint Thomas. Uh, how's that been going, and uh, what's what's going on with the Mayak tournament? Are you going to win it? It's hundred oh, percent, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's been fantastic. Uh, I'm coaching under uh, John Lowry, who's uh, obviously a guy who's who's close to Austin as well. I coached him at Wake Forest and won a national championship with him. Um, and he's the Pep Pep Guardiola of Division Three yeah, soccer. Yeah, you know, John, from John what told I me to tell you, Austin, that uh, he had he he won the national championship on his back. So. Um, but uh, I can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a fantastic coach in the program that they have. Um, you know, for all soccer fans in Minnesota, it's something exciting because uh, they they have a le- legitimate chance to win the national championship and 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 bring a national championship here to Minnesota. Um, they've got a great group of guys. The culture is fantastic, um, and they try to play. You know, they try to play soccer. It's not it's not you know. Some of these college teams that you see, they sit back, 10 guys behind the ball, and, you know, they play for long throw-ins. And, and no, that's not what we do at St. Thomas, and that's not the culture that John and, uh, and you know, Tom and and, all, and Casey and the coaches at St. Thomas have, have instilled. And we've got some really quality players. Um, you know, I mean, some fantastic players, I think, have great futures in the pro leagues. You think, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are these, because D3 is like... Very difficult to make mm-hmm. that jump. Uh, yeah, you could and, Christian and, and I think it, that's but. a little bit of a, you know a little bit of a stigma because there are a lot of D one transfers. There are a lot of kids that did get recruited from uh, D one schools, but you know thought that it was the best scenario to, for them to go here. And um, you know they're seventeen and one. We went ten to zero in the in the Mayak uh, conference. Um, and I'm even being at Notre Dame, you know, for four years, I can I can say that. Um, these kids have something special going on this year. They, they have a culture. They have seniors that are great leaders. They have young players that are um, fantastic players that are really showing, showing their stuff. And so I'm excited. This is kind of like my, this is my new mission this year. This is my new um, battle to fight with these boys. And, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes because I, uh, it's, there's really something special going on in St. Thomas. And just um, uh, since listeners will obviously be curious about you, Right now, you are coaching, trying to keep fit, and then hope, hopefully next spring go out and try to pick up a club and get back to doing what you what you used to do so yeah, well, yeah, being that's... a pro athlete. But you like coaching is you think is in your future. You're, open, um, you open. know, yeah. I mean, so it wasn't my plan. Certainly, it wasn't my. Um, it wasn't something that I knew going in was going to be my 
uh, was going to actually fulfill me and like be incredible. Um, but you know, I've coached, uh, in Woodbury for the past year. And, um, while I'm healing with the knee, um, St. Thomas has given me a great opportunity to train with the boys, teach the boys, um, you know, learn from my failures, learn from my experiences. Um, and it's given me a different perspective on the game. It's, it's shown from the outside looking in, it's teaching these kids the right way to play. It's also shown me the, um, lapses in my game that maybe I was missing and, and some of the things. So that's the plan. I'm going to, you know, I'm still pushing hard and I want to keep playing this, this beautiful game. But, um, you know, while I'm off the field and while I'm nursing a knee and raising kids, then I can, uh, help these, these young ones, uh, hopefully fulfill their dreams. So, yeah. Austin, have you, do you, uh, do you coach while, while playing? Are you, uh, not, not during the season so okay. much, uh, in the off season, I get into it a little bit, but to, to be honest, it's not something that I, I'm, I love, or I'm super passionate about. Um, I like doing it. Um, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's in my future, uh, permanently. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, we'll see. You never say never. Um, you hate kids. <laughs> yeah. Just all say, those, just all those darned kids. I do hate kids yeah. there. Yeah, they're because they're so much remind me of myself, and uh, and that's like not a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, no, I like doing it when when I get the chance, but um, we'll we'll see down the line. Um, I, I'm gonna close this section on just the the only the only bit of Minnesota United news because there's nothing going on right now. It's just that it's been reported that Christian Ramirez is part of the preliminary roster for the November Portugal friendly but that preliminary roster is reportedly 60 people which just Yo, me what so. is this list how am i on it <laughs> i I, yeah. it. I, I, I think say. i'm on it guys yeah, so. i was gonna say like, i was on the nasl team of the week can I, can I get a, uh, a couple weeks what? ago so <laughs> i just like like 60 and it's great that you have like a i mean sure that, that you've got a 60 person list but i would assume christian had, would have been on the last 60 person list right i mean like 60 people is a lot of, like, you've got to go, like, really. you got to go deep. Yeah. you got to dive deep. Uh, that's a I, lot of, that's, like, several teams worth of people. We won't name names, but there's some people who still didn't make it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, bummer. I'm still not on it. Oh. All right. Let's take I might it. start a petition for it. <laughs> I'm we'll, just misunderstood. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, Minnesota United. Or, no, that's what I always say. But we're talking MLS playoffs. Yeah, get with That's, it. Wes. I got it. I'm going. Oh, in. those those I'm are on, happening. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll talk NASL playoffs. Welcome back to the Fifty Five One podcast. My name is Wes. I'm here with Jeb Brovsky, uh, and um, and he's like liberated he's he's not with a club right now so he's feeling liberated i'm fun employed <laughs> he got new umbros today though i oh. did umbro is like umbro is my family let me just say that let me let me give a plug to umbro because do a lot of people in north america are hating on umbro but guess what i'm not this this they they stick they stick by me and they stick by their athletes and austin who who's your uh who's your sponsor do you have one? Oh, i want it to be umbro i'm here guys all right okay. i'll set you up austin yeah call me you're uh, actually playing, so they might. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, we we I, I'm going to kick off the MLS playoff section by um, reading off this uh, message I got. Uh, I got a DM from Joe at Nuts VT 
Uh, hey, Mr. Wes. Clarity, it's Dr. Wes. Thank you, Joe. But uh, are you doing a pod today? Yes, right now. If so, I have a question. This is my first year watching MLS playoffs. How the hell do they work? Knockout rounds followed by multi-leg series. I hear lots of talk of playoffs, but I haven't heard how it's actually broken down. We can do the quick answer to that. Which, but does that, do, does, do you guys know the answer? I, I'm not sure that I know the answer. Yes. Yes, it kind of changes year per year. Yeah. Okay. You, you Go ahead. Okay. I'll take it. I mean, it starts off with, uh, you know, basically the, the top two teams in each conference get a bye. So the first game is just a single knockout round between three and six, four and five. And then it goes to the conference uh, semifinals, uh, which is going to be, uh, so it's the quarterfinals overall. And that is... This is like the Mayak, by the way. Yeah. Uh, besides the home the <laughs> Okay. Plug. So this is like basketball. Plug. Um, and so, uh, and so then the, that, this series, the one we're in right now is a semi, is, is a two-legged, uh, game. Conference semifinal. Yeah. And then, uh, the next, well, the winners of this will go on to, is it two legs after this yep. or just, yep, so the next, legs. uh, is two legs and then it's a single final. Yeah. Um, the reason this question is good is mm-hmm. because I'm actually less interested in how it works and more interested in the two of you. Uh, because we'll talk about the NASL uh, um, championship, not playoffs, mm. uh, which that is basically extremely complicated on who gets in, but right. basically the top the top four teams. Right. And then it's just one game, one one off games. You start with the semifinal and then you go to the final. So mm. just two two playoff games. But what do you guys have feelings on? Like what what creates the best games? And what I don't know. What do you like? Austin, I'll start with you, and then. Um, I when it comes to playoffs, I prefer the one-off games. I just, I mean, I just think it creates more. It's more dramatic. Um, I mean, obviously, you could argue it the other way. This is all personal preference, but I just, I feel like the the one-off games are are more fun. Um, obviously, the the first round of MLS playoffs were not that fun <laughs> because, because they were blowouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know, just whenever it's, you know, it's a playoff, you know, I feel like it should just be one off games. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's just personal preference, but, um, yeah, watching these games, I, I kind of said that whoever, uh, wins this Red Bulls Toronto series is going to go on to win MLS cup. That was my prediction. And, uh, after watching the game tonight, I think I feel good about that. I think Toronto is going to go and win it. I think they're far and away the best team. But um, yeah, I don't. Know. I I would prefer it to be you know one off games all the way through. But you know I'm not going to complain about getting to watch more soccer. Yeah, I mean from the outside looking in, um, you know I played in one of those knockout rounds in Houston, and uh, we got our bus bus kicked in Montreal. But um, it's. Wait, wait, wait. Was that the game? We got three red, we got like three red cards. Yes. Oh, yeah. Were you on the field oh, yeah. during that? Oh, yeah. Were you, were you a part of the <laughs> Thanks for remembering, Wes. I mean, I was like the guy that, you know, okay, cool. I didn't know you had the time. Oh, big fan, Wes. Big fan. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, big fan like, of your podcast. The this, whole, this whole thing is Do you have a gonna... podcast, Wes? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's great to have, um, and I agree with Austin. I think even for a spectacle, it's more interesting to have just a one and done let's let's do this um but this year i think it's actually increasingly interesting that 
a team like Columbus is going to get another home game. Um, because, you know, the, it'd be easy for them just to, you know, go down to Atlanta and make a big win and then go to New York City and say they lose in New York City. And then everyone forgets about what's going on in Columbus. But Columbus fans get one more chance. And that's that's why they were so invested, especially in this Atlanta game, was because we get to play in against our fans yeah. one more time. And we get to show the league and, and everyone around us, like, this is something special that's going on in Columbus. And um, to be fair, I, you know, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for their fans because I know they're a long shot, but it's, um, I know we'll probably touch on it later in the podcast, but it's, it's incredible that how that game went and how everyone's still talking about that game. Um, uh, it's exciting to see, you know, even if they go to New York City and get a bad result, that they're going to get another shot. Um, so that's, I think that's yeah. kind of the redemption factor of, of home and away, which is great. But I, I do agree with Austin. It's kind of, it takes away, especially from the first leg games where people are like, okay, I can I can stop watching that game or I'll miss that game because I really care about the second leg. Um, yeah, like last night was just a snooze fest. Yeah, know, last like, night you're talking about the, the Vancouver-Seattle game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And teams know that going in. I was, I was literally trying to put the kids down and uh, like my son Emil had a late nap, not going to bed. But he's just laying there, and so I had the I had my arm extended, my phone going on on silent, and uh, I was like, you know, I might as like like parenthood is. I should just I yeah, going to bed yeah. is more yeah. interesting. Yeah. I still watched it, and he still That's did the not go to bed. downside of home and away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the other advantage of of home and away is that suddenly you don't get one off flukes, right? Every we've, we I've seen we've yeah. all been a part of. You guys have been a part of crazy games where obvious underdogs win. Yeah. In a playoff. And so, um, uh, Austin, actually, have you been part of playoffs before? Yeah. yeah uh, so my my rookie year, we uh, with the Red Bulls, we actually won the Eastern Conference, okay. and then we we lost to San Jose in the first round. Um, and it was, that was two legs. Um, and then my first year here with the Railhawks, we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, what year was that? That was 2012. Uh, and we lost it to the Rowdies. Okay. Uh, that was two legs. Uh, and then my, my year I spent in Orlando, we, we were, uh, oh, yeah. we won the regular season and then we lost to the, uh, illustrious Harrisburg city Islanders <laughs> in, in the, at, at home, in, at home in the first round. Name drop. There's, there's um, no sadder team to me than, than the city <laughs> Islanders. And, and that's a, a with all due having, respect, having Wes. grown up not far from, from uh, Harrisburg at, and knowing Bobby Warshaw. There you go. <laughs> but, Shout out to you, Bobby. Yeah. yeah Bobby <laughs> listens. He's a big fan of the show. Um, so uh, the, the games themselves, we're now like so far removed from Chicago, New York. But I'll, I'll read them off. You tell me what you guys are interested in. I'm only interested in talking about Atlanta, Columbus. But um, Chicago, New York Red Bulls, New York 4 nothing uh, <clears throat> in Chicago. Um, it wasn't, I mean... New York did sneak into the playoffs. Mm. Uh, Chicago were third. New York were the last place. This is, but this is a pretty away from home, kicking nice. big spanking of, of Chicago. Um, you're a big Jesse Marsh fan. I am. Yeah. No, I think I. I you know, I, 
played for Jesse in Montreal, and he certainly is one of my favorite coaches of all time, if not the favorite. That's right, because you, you in Montreal, that's where you played from. Yeah, I mean, I and he he's a motivator. You know, he's and he he knows the game. He's obviously a smart guy, um, and I think he saw a team. Well, there was a couple intangibles going on there. I think he saw Jesse Marsh really uh, kind of obviously influenced his team in a, in a positive way. But, you know, Chicago fans, Chicago's had this problem for years and years. They had a fantastic year in the league. They looked so promising for the first time in a long time. You know, I think Dax McCarty was the complete X factor there. Um, and a lot Not of- Schweinsteiger. He was- I'll, take, I'll take Dax. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like they they had everything going for them. They had they had the league at the at their feet basically for most of the season. And you get into these playoff games, and that's why these single elimination games are so interesting, is because the Red Bulls come in um, and 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 just clean them up. And it was it wasn't that the Red Bulls were completely a better team. It was I mean you just saw a motivated team, and they went in there and. Four zero is obviously egregious, but it's it's an incredible result for them, and um, it's just the power of the intangibles in the playoffs. I think that you saw there, Austin. Um, other than we'll, we'll keep this diplomatic. Uh, I I really like Colin Clark, your your manager, because I think he's consistently put together a lot of results with I, I think less means than most of the the teams around him but so other than Colin though I'm curious like are, are there managers uh, in your past that that stick out as particularly good uh yeah definitely um you I better say Colin. John Lowry right here or else he's gonna <laughs> kill you John friggin Lowry that's right later. absolutely um yeah but no I mean uh, you know I'd start with my college coach Jay Vitovich who's uh, probably the, the greatest soccer mind that I've been around. Um, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to see him get back in the pro game someday. Um, but he's he's done a good job at Pitt. He's turned that program around in, in a couple of years. Um, in the in the pro game, though, I, I mean, I you know I'm not sure what the consensus is up in Minnesota, but I actually am a, a big Adrian fan. Um, I, I've known him since I was you know 16 or 17 years old. Um, but, uh, I, I had a great time under him in, in Orlando. Um, I really enjoyed playing for Ben Olsen in DC. Um, he was, you know, obviously I, like growing up, I was a fan of his and then to be able to learn from him was a really cool experience as well. And, um, so yeah, those are all, all guys I've enjoyed playing under. Um, now we just need to figure out which is the one coach you didn't name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I got Hans Baca. That's the one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think that uh, I think that it will be very interesting. Uh, speaking of Heath, it'll be very interesting to see w- what Heath can do this uh, second season. I've I have very mixed feelings about Heath, and listeners of this show will, will know that. But um, but I do think that. Um, this has such a been such a crazy year for Minnesota United. Some of it has been self-inflicted. Some of it is natural growing pains, but um, but it will be exciting to see, you know, what or the team team is is going to reset this year and what will it look like next year? And it's really hard to say. But uh, yeah, I think it was it's tough for you guys just because coming in with Atlanta, that's automatically going to be the team that you measure yourselves against and that's just not fair. I mean, it's, 
it's, uh, you know, as far as expansion teams go, just a, a huge anomaly. Um, but, you know, if you take Atlanta out of the equation, you know, you, Minnesota still put together, you know, 10 wins. and It's basically, yeah, uh, just above the middle of the pack of expansion teams yeah, in, so in, in I, history. So, yeah. I, I mean, I watched a lot of Minnesota games, um, you know, having that connection with Adrian. And then obviously Sam Cronin is the guy I've known for a very long time. So, I, I enjoyed watching the games. I think there there's good pieces there, and and uh, I think the future's bright for them. So you're gonna call Adrian, and we'll see you here next year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if it were that easy. <laughs> so uh, Vancouver five, uh, San Jose uh, zero. Just an absolute spanking, but it just shows you that. Well, I guess the Red Bulls dis- disproved this, but the West was very weak, and having six teams in the playoffs is too many if you only have 11 teams in the West. I think we only had 11. Anyway, but Columbus-Atlanta was the big match, right? So this is the only one I care about because this was the best nil-nil match I've ever watched. Mm. 41 shots uh, in the match. Uh, I think there were each team had two, uh, two shots hit the crossbar. Uh, Columbus had a goal uh, called offside, shouldn't have been called offside. Let's just talk about the Columbus goalie for a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zach Steffen. Yeah. Zach Steffen had the game of his life. And he put on a show for everybody watching. And I think uh, I think that's inspiring for any young American goalkeeper to watch. Like, if you read about his, his kind of background, yeah, he was on the youth national teams. and But he was, he was pretty much unheard of until this year. I mean, he... I mean, like, as in, yeah, in MLS. He made, he in made MLS, a, he, he had made some appearances. And he moved to Europe, right? Yeah, he and then to he, Europe and then, like, and then kind of came back. When he was back. young. Yeah. yeah. Um, Where did he, did he go to Maryland? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, he went to Maryland, I think, for a year okay. or two. And I'm sorry, Zach, if you're listening to the 55-1 podcast. But He's a big fan. He writes me a huge lot. Huge fan. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the kid stood on his head the entire game. And that's, that's the type of inspiring performance that especially as an away team in a, in a playoff game that you're demanding from your goalkeeper. And he kept a minute. He kept a minute. He kept a minute. And, uh, I mean, obviously Columbus was playing a lot for more reasons than just winning that game, I think. Yeah. I, I think there was a, a big fire under them. But to, to, to tell you what, I think they went to the most hostile environment in MLS right now and the hottest team in MLS right now, to be fair. Um, at home, Atlanta has been formidable they've been obviously minnesota united i think honestly minnesota united has something to do with that win because they proved that they could be beaten at home yeah. and, um so kudos to minnesota, you. United minnesota united has united. more wins at that stadium this month there than you go Atlanta. exactly there you go so i mean honestly it was it was something special to watch and i think all mls fans kind of got reinvigorated and they were like this is what it's about well and, and it's a guy like i mean it's performances like that that um that put players on the map right oh, i mean this I, I think i knew zach stefan as as in that category of young american prospect goalkeepers you know yeah whatever that will is. he get a shot and then and then all of a sudden he puts in that game people are watching it because it was probably the most interesting uh you know just on paper just seeing columbus all the narratives behind it in atlanta i mean no one gave it and let's be fair no one gave columbus a shot I did. I mean, West. I, I, just saying. 
Wes. Mostly it's because I hate Atlanta. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. there, there it is, Wes. But, but a guy no like one that, outside of Minnesota yeah, gave like, him. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, and a guy like that, like he he like made a name for himself. He you really know, People did. are like, hey, this guy should be in that conversation with Ethan Horvath. Yeah. And, and I'll raise my hand and say I yeah. honestly didn't know about him before this, this game. And I... And it, Do you think he's on the sixty person? <laughs> I think, I think you great know shout. I think actually he got sixty one. If they so the problem is the playoffs will still be going on. I, I I think like legitimately, yeah, or or like a camp cupcake this January. Uh, you know, get a guy like that in. You know, and maybe it was a full game. He has he has the craziest game of we'll his see how life. He follows it up. Yeah, but like, but. The fact that he's able to pull something like that out. Well, he's been with the uh, 17s, the 20s, the 23s. So, I mean, it's not like a stretch to pull this guy in. But And so this game finished on penalties. Uh, um, You know, Iguain does the Panenka. Uh, Stefan continues to make... Uh, let's see. He saved. Uh, he saved one, and then there, it, uh, the other hit the post. To his right. Yeah. So okay, the, that save. So I have. I've got bones to pick with Taylor Twelman. He he would not stop saying that the ball was behind him, which like physically made no sense to me. <laughs> like he he was saying yeah. that Stefan was off his line. No, he was saying he was that saying that he like back. reached back behind him and like pulled the ball, which like don't get me wrong, unbelievable save, but like I don't know, it's just it was classic Twelman. Like he just he goes to the absolute extremes no matter what he's talking about. Yeah, but. I tried yeah, to, it was great. It was a great save. I yeah. tried to talk to Twelman once, and um, he was not interested, to say the least. Mm. And so, that's my opinion. Mm. Speaking of uh, off, off, off the show, we were talking about Alexi Lawless and how I like Alexi Lawless because a guy like Alexi Lawless doesn't give a shit, and he'll have a conversation with a loser like me. So, mm. anyway, Fair. that's that's my that's my note. Uh, Houston. Beats uh, case SKC uh, Sporting um, in extra time. Snooze uh, fest. Yeah, no, snooze fest. Yeah. Absolute, just like I, I fell asleep. Violently right. boring. Uh, Vancouver, Seattle. We already mentioned was a nil nil. That's the first leg. Uh, I, I stupidly uh, decided to record this podcast in between tonight's uh, tonight's uh, games, which were um, Toronto two over. Uh, who did they Red play? Bulls. Red Bulls one. Uh, I only caught the first half because we started recording, but um, that's going to be a great second leg. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's one. I'll take a second leg of that one. I'll pay to watch that game. Hey, you can watch it for free though. Can I? Yep. Yep. Mm. I need your MLS Live account. Yeah, I will give it to you. Um, <laughs> and then so uh, t- later tonight, so people will know this score already. Houston versus Portland, a far less interesting matchup to me. In general, the West is not interesting to me. Um, Red, even Red Bulls, who were the last place team, I think are a great team. Have some missing pieces. Uh, I love obviously Jesse Marsh, but Columbia, all these teams in the East, I'm excited They're about. Exciting, yeah. um, uh, Seattle's always interesting, um, but like Vancouver, that Vancouver Seattle match, there was no midfield. It was basically like kick the ball, people on ice skates trying to cross the ball in. It mm. was like it was just a mess. Um, uh, which just makes you more surprised that LA Galaxy couldn't even get above the bottom. That like that's how bad the Galaxy were. But and and like I don't Houston don't interest me. 
SK, you know, Sporting are, are I, I like Vermees a lot because I think that he's consistently good, but I, I don't know. Do, are there, let me just ask this thing, just finally. Um, do you, are there teams underrated in MLS that, that, that you guys like? Um, I don't know about, it seems like all the teams that, do well like get their due like they don't get underrated like i get like you could probably say the red bulls are underrated but i think everybody kind of knew how good they were they just kind of needed to to click Mm. um but that's kind of how i feel about most of these teams like the we we know who the good teams are we know how you know even if they're not playing well at any given time like you're just kind of waiting for it to click um so yeah i don't i don't know about that i don't know about underrated really well then, let, let's uh, let's switch then to NASL. Um, the the championship yeah. championship starts this weekend. Yeah, this is now it's in Give your the wheelhouse. people Wake what up, they want. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I watched my first NASL match of the season to watch the Indy uh, North Carolina FC match. Slow clap. Yep. I, well, I just I haven't been able to. I, I your first been, game was honest. the last game. At least you're honest. Yeah. You haven't been watching Jack Blake kill it down in Jacksonville. He has been. I have. I'm. I. I've actually wanted to talk to Pitch Coleman and these guys. At they're great. Jackson they're Park. great guys. But hey, Jack, if you're listening, which I know you're not, he is. No, he loves this podcast. He, he, yeah, your Snapchat is terrible, pal. Do you guys use Snapchat? Hundred percent. I can tell if that makes me, me old or you me. old. Yeah, my Snapchat's I, there. The only person that I snap is my wife. Whoa! So, All right, so hello. I'm, the, I'm the next in line. So I, she just snaps me like weird filters. With the weird voice we don't changer. Need All right, dude. All right. That's your thing. That's your super thing. erotic. That's I like it. But um, so this weekend, uh, you are uh, Austin. You are uh, headed to San Francisco Deltas, uh, uh, Mark Dos Santos's Deltas, for the the semifinal. Basically, it's one off, yes. and then if you win this, you win. You get to go play Miami because I assume Miami are just going to trounce the Cosmos. Um, Why are you assuming that? Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about this. Wes likes the number sixty-nine. Yeah, yeah. That's why we wanted we wanted the the third seed so bad because I I feel a Cosmos upset coming on. Really? Are you being? And then do- we host the final. Well, the, Co- the Cosmos and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Austin, but the Cosmos seem and, and especially last year as well. I I felt like they were always in the game no matter what. It doesn't matter what the score is, but a lot of times this year I've I've seen them, you know, down three nil or down. 2-0 and they just find a way they find a way just to grind back get a result and then and then you know everyone's like oh the cosmos you know it's, it's that's just normal for the cosmos and now i'm excited to kind of see that miami cosmos game because i agree with you austin i think that they're going to actually surprise some people and maybe even upset miami because they are a team that just won't go away and and uh, I'll just you're you're the expert. But on you this tell stuff, yeah but, you tell me because but, I haven't played them this year. But so. I I think if there is any team that could upset Miami, I mean Miami are amazing this oh, year. Oh man, don't talk about North Carolina because we're coming. And so, hey, <laughs> I, I, I I I'm a North Carolina I'm, fan. I am. A, I I've said even this. though I tore my ACL in the whale graveyard. There's I'm, come on you dead whales. No, <laughs> come on you dead whales. Can you? My right. ACL didn't die for all nothing. Right, all right, I'm gonna ask you two <laughs> questions, Austin. First, give me the short. Give listeners the short of the the whale graveyard uh, story, and then the second is I actually I, I want to ask you about these these uh, the matchups. But th- give the whale graveyard story. 
please. Okay, so this somehow got started on Twitter. Uh, somebody knew that before Wakeman Soccer Park was even a soccer park, um, the North Carolina Museum of Natural Science used to use the land uh, as a basically a, a bone processing uh, area. So what they would do is bury whale bones in the ground covered in like manure uh, and the manure, the bacteria from the manure would clean the bones and then they would pull the bones out and take it to the museum, so which is like, is, is, it's actually literally a shit field. Yeah. It's like okay. super disappointing. Like when I initially heard about it, I was like, they, I want there to just be like whales buried in the ground. <laughs> like, but that was not the case. Um, but it's still cool. There was whale bones under the ground at one you know, point. You know, it's not cool because Free Willy tore my ACL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeb, Jeb is continuing. I'm super to, bitter, man. To hate Dude, do you know? Okay, so I I'm don't know. I'm not guy at the bar this, that won't stop talking about that. <laughs> somehow I ended up with your jersey from that game. It's in my closet right now. Legendary. Wow. Someone's. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm glad it's in good hands. I'm, yeah, my I'm arts, really glad like it's in our good kit, hands. our kit manager, gave, our, our assistant kit man, uh, gave it to me, and like that guy is he is the weirdest dude in the world and ends up with jerseys from like every team we play. But somehow I got your jersey from that game. Love if it. you want it and you can burn no, it to sort no, of put I'm, this I'm, whole thing to rest. It's it's in I better it's in better hands over there. It's in better uh, hands. So uh, do you have do you do anything with the the best uh, jerseys that you get? Do like I don't a- have that many good ones, really. Like, um, I have a Seamus Coleman Everton jersey. Oh, all right. From uh, it was, that was the worst game of soccer I've ever played. So it's not like a <laughs> so, yeah, super yeah. good memory. Hang that on the wall and remember. Um, yeah, gay kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't have too many good ones. Jeb, I don't do, know about Jeb. What do you do with the with yours? You've got some. Probably. I I've just got some buddies. Like I just trade with buddies. I don't. I don't really go for like the big name guys because you, you don't I, have any big name jerseys. Well, I, I just don't really care that much. Like I. Oh, you're too cool. No, I mean like when I, I was will... young. When I was young, I was a massive Roberto Baggio fan. Oh yeah. And my dad somehow worked it out with his buddy in Switzerland. Um, he got a Roberto Baggio AC Milan jersey off of his back after a, a game. And he broke my heart in the 1994 World Cup. And that's a whole long story that my, my dad basically bet me on a taped game that he knew Brazil was going to win and took my whole allowance from me, like 50 bucks at the age of like six. Wow. Anyways, um, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dad, but you're, you're, you're not there's that some, nice. There's some pain. pain Super bad parenting. Um <laughs> But I was I, I I've had that Baggio jersey for a long time and that's my my most treasured jersey. Okay, I've got I've got buddies. You know, I don't have a Deleuze jersey, but if you win the NHL championship, you best believe you're sending that to me. I would love to trade. Well, I would have loved to trade so many jerseys with friends, but the the reality of they're, NASL they're, is that I would have had to pay exactly money for thing. every jersey you that I traded. So MLS had a rule too. They if. Well, MLS had a rule for guys like me. They didn't have a rule for guys like David Villa and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Giovinco and these guys. They could trade as many jerseys as they want. Brofsky could trade only five jerseys or else he'd have to pay. Yeah. And even then they'd come collecting, you know, like a hundred bucks a jersey if I if I traded. So gotta be very selective. Very selective. Austin, if you if you, you can uh you can uh find a way to uh to, to sneak one out. Your kit man sounds awesome. I'll talk to him. I think we should hang it in here. So we'll hang it in here. 
We're All right, you guys are putting me out this like sixty bucks right now. Yep. But <laughs> cool. so I do want to. I want to ask you about this. The deltas, delta. Like Mark Dos Santos obviously knows what he's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he did a fantastic job at the Ottawa Fury. Uh, the, the the unbelievable amount of adversity that I think the deltas have gone through this Incredible, year. Yeah. Uh, they did spend a lot. They've got some great players on their team. What do you what what's this game going to look like? What are you looking forward to? And and then also not just about them, but what about you guys? What what what's going on? Yeah, I'm psyched about it, man. I, it's like like it's been so long since we made the playoffs that I, we uh, the team the locker room's great right now. I think everyone's kind of bought in to what we've been trying to do all year, and you can you can see that in the results that we've had. We've been more consistent than we've been in a long time. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just really excited about it. We're excited about the opportunity to, to, like I said, to host a final here at home, uh, if we get the job done. Um, but yeah, San, San Francisco is a really good team. Obviously, Dos Santos, like you said, he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for, for years now. Um, they're tough. They're very unique. They play differently than I think any other team in the league. Um, as far as their sort of formation and style of play goes, meaning um, what? What, what did they look like? What's... So they they kind of they play you know that sort of like three at the back, five at the back sort of hybrid. They play, mm-hmm. they have those wing backs um, on the outside, and then they have some really really dangerous guys up top. Um, you know, obviously we we all know Tommy Heineman. He's been been around. Teen Wolf. He's, he's a grinder, man. He's been a pain in the ass yeah, for yeah. for years. Yeah, um, he's made a career on it. And then they, you know, they've got a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed, and and uh, so it's going to be a battle. Like especially on their field, it's very small. It's going to be windy in San Francisco. Uh, it's just going to be a battle. It's going to be about who who wants it more. And, and you know, it's like a dumb sports cliche, but I think it really does sort of sum up this this game that we're heading into. Um, uh, North Carolina FC though, uh, who's been standing out this season? Um, obviously there's for Minnesota fans, there's guys like Connor Tobin who, uh, you know, Connor is a long time, uh, a friend of ours. Uh, um, and then there's guys like Lance Lang. I think they're currently the only two former Minnesotans there. I know Neil mm. Lavity is around the club, but not obviously not with the team, but, um, who, who's standing out this season? Uh, that's kind of the cool thing about it is like everybody's kind of stepped up at different times. So uh, like Lance, Lance carried us through the early part of the season and he, he had a ton of goals and, and is always dangerous when he gets on the field. Um, Connor's been an iron man. He's been back there super solid all season. Um, but you know, a, a couple of the guys, you know, I put Nazmi on Badawi in there. Obviously he's been, he's been killing it in our league for a couple of years now. And, uh, hopefully he'll he'll get the chance to to uh, to move on and and you know test himself at a higher level. But he's been been super for us this year. Um, Is that kind of expected? Like because I know that like the PR campaign about basically anytime someone talks about an NASL player moving, it's like Nas is, is there, and I I feel like. There's so few few people who want. I think I feel like Jeff Reuter basically wrote that once, and then <laughs> everyone else is like, "Well, we don't watch any ASL, so let's just write about this guy." Yeah, which is no offense to Nas. Like he is. I've, I have watched him play, and he is a very good player. But yeah, no, I think it's like that. Definitely happens. Like people latch on to just names that they hear. Um, but I, in Nas's case, I think it's completely warranted. Like he's he's a special player. Uh, he has a skill set that not many people have. Um, 
so yeah, it's been fun to watch him grow and, and continue to progress. And, and I think he's got big things ahead of him for sure. Um, and there's, you know, there's a, we, we've been a, we're a very young team this year and there's a few other young players that have stepped us up for us, um, at various points. Um, Dre fortune who's a, a young kid from, from here in Raleigh, uh, has really come on late in the season and, and been really good for us in the middle of the park. Um, yeah, I could keep, I could keep going, but yeah, you, it's just you're, been, uh, you're playing out, out left or at least you played out left this last game. Yeah. Yeah, so I started I started the season playing center mid and and to be honest, Dre um was it was playing so well that it was impossible to to huh. keep him off the field. So they you know, they had to put him in there in center mid and and I had to find a, another way to get on the field which, you know, I ended up getting back on at left mid. So I want to ask uh just about Miami FC then because they finished with 69 points. Nice. Yeah. Come on, you were supposed to 55. Uh, nice. And and uh and I mean, they like they just blew away NASL this year. And um, last year, they were obviously very good. Uh, hadn't quite fully clicked from the whole machine they had put together. I'm kind of curious what your opinion of of them is. Is is it just like they've got stacked? You know, they've got um, who's the the former Marseille guy, uh, um, uh, uh, Vincente uh, Rinella. Rinella, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I mean they've got a lot of firepower there, um, and they're spending a lot of money. But what what do they look like when you face them? What what's going on with them? So we actually had very good results against them uh, this year, um, but obviously they sort of ran through the league. Otherwise, um, yeah, they're you know what can you say? They're very very good. They they spent a lot of money, but you know I think they spent it in good ways they weren't you know just kind of throwing it you know at at just anybody they they filled all of their all of their holes with uh with really you know good capable players you know you look at you know everybody's gonna look at the goal scorers ranella and pino and uh jaime chavez but you know you look at the midfield with richie ryan michael hood uh dylan mares you know it's they 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 don't really have any weaknesses um so yeah you got to give them credit like they won the spring they won the fall they they did it in really convincing fashion and uh i would love to see them lose this weekend to the new york cosmos (laughs) (laughs) if just to host that game yeah yeah and is um nesta on his way to montreal is that official or is that I? I mean, I've heard that rumor. I don't okay. know anything official. official. I mean, I, uh, from I mean, pers- from personal experience, I know that Nesta is in very good terms with the yeah. uh, ownership of Montreal. But it has not at least officially been. No, I don't think it's okay. it's it's not official. But and Austin, you can tell me um, if I'm wrong here. But I think Nesta's influence on Miami. Um, anytime you have a coach like that, and you can see it was Zidane with in Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, they they represent something that's bigger than the players on the field. They represent something that's been there, done that, and and so he demands that re- kind of respect because he is that you know, and and he did it in Montreal while I was his teammate. He it was is basically, uh, you know where this guy's been, you know where he's played, you know how he's been the, one of the best defenders in the world, um, and you're seeing you're seeing especially even last year and this year. 
Um, and, and Austin touched on the players they brought in. Uh, no player is kind of above the team. You know, like no player can act in Nesta's locker room like they are the man. And I think that is what Miami is is kind of basic. They have a lot of talent, but now they've they've mixed talent with uh, a little bit of humility, as in like we're gonna work hard too, and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna do the right things yeah. because they have to listen to their coach. Right. And that's what Real Madrid is doing. Real Madrid is like no player on Real Madrid can say they were better yeah. than Zidane at one point. Yeah, like Ronaldo has a case, yeah. but Zidane is the one guy in the world yeah. that Ronaldo's gonna listen to. Right. And yeah. and the same in Miami. These guys, they had a little bit of an ego last year, but then they they I think Anesta having that year under his belt, and now this year, you've kind of seen the transition of like now every guy's bought in. Yeah, yeah. I think you can. I think a big test uh, as a coach in our league is when you when you win the spring season, how does the team respond in the fall? Because it's really easy, I think, to sort of go into like cruise control. Uh, because you're set, you're in the playoffs already. Mm-hmm. And, and that just didn't happen with them. You know, they just went about business as usual and, and obviously went on to win the fall as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not an easy thing to do, you know, from a mentality perspective. Um, but they kept, you know, they, they kept focused and they, they went and did it. Well, let's, um, let's, uh, take a break and come back and we'll do some questions, but, um, but to finish off the NASL part, uh, Jeb and I, and I probably most Minnesotans are mm. anti Cosmos, anti Miami, yep. yep. and Love pro, that. Love pro, that. pro North Carolina. Pro North so Carolina. good luck this weekend. Um, but let's uh, let, we'll take a break now. Welcome back to the 551 podcast. It is the Wes, Jeb, and Austin show. Uh, and we are here to uh, take your Twitter questions. So let me start with this one. Steve Lindley says When you change teams, how does a team help you or your family get set up in a new city? Is there a difference between NASL and MLS? <laughs> 100%. I mean, there's, well, there's different rules in regular, and you know, like in teams. Uh, you know, MLS has being a single entity is they they have you know they'll pay for your moving and they'll and they'll do that type of stuff. NASL is a little bit different. Um, each team is different when in NASL and their funding. Um, you know, and and Austin can speak on his his uh, experience, but my experience has been um, it's 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 really tough, and it's it's especially if you're married, you have kids or. Um, even if you're not, I mean, it's, it's a grind and, and you have to make, sometimes you don't make the decision. Sometimes you get traded. Sometimes you, um, you know, are just looking for a new situation. Um, and, and Austin can probably agree with me here. The wives and the girlfriends, um, they have to be like a special type of person because a lot of these girls are independent girls and they, they have jobs, they have, careers and they have to leave that behind because you're chasing your dream and you're doing your thing. Um, and, and there's no say in it for them. And so it's, it's a tough situation. And, and certainly, I mean, I think that goes, I think this is a great question because this is something when people say stick to sports, uh, this is something that like people who aren't in the sports world don't understand. Um, 
where it really rocks your world and you you really have to find a new house you have to and quickly you know you're particularly in mls which mls has so much movement yeah you're you know whether you're in preseason or whether you're in the midseason you have to find a new house or a new apartment you have to find um, so so there are people in uh, in mls you found like people help you find those things or how oh yes you certainly each club has their their liaisons who kind of like you know uh, facilitate that and some clubs are completely better than others at, at doing that and making it easier but you know, you know, for us personally, I can say when we went to uh, Montreal, um, my wife, who didn't speak French at the time, she couldn't work because she would have to take her exercise science uh, tests in French all over again and get certified in Quebec, and you know that just wasn't worth the time commitment and the money and everything. So she didn't work. Um, we went to New York. She was pregnant, so she couldn't work in in New York. And so things, you know, life happens and, and, and these, yeah. and these, you know, the women and the girlfriends and everyone has to kind of deal with it. And it's, it's something that's very underneath the surface that people don't think about. And that's, that's again, to my point in the beginning is that we are human and, yeah. and, and you're traveling and you're traveling you know. and you're, and if you have kids, you have to change schools. If you have a house, you have to sell that house. So it's not easy. Um, but, uh, and I can say that it, if you're going to. Any young player right now um, who wants to go in MLS, go in NASL, and and really grind this out, uh, I I'm certainly not I I I'm a relationship guy, but it is so much easier to be a single guy in this league, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I, I just I think like it's I like very it's there are so many difficult situations that arise from trades and getting released and finding new teams and stuff like that like it's a very difficult process every time it happens but the one thing I will say is that like soccer is is like filled with very good people that that work mm-hmm. really hard for these clubs and and you know, like you said, some clubs are better than others, but I think every, every club has, has people that are just like so willing to help and, and so willing to, to facilitate these moves and, and facilitate, you know, whatever you need to happen. Shout out um, to Angie Blaker here in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota. She, yeah, see, she makes go, everything like, run Angie Blaker here. has been yeah. with the team since the Thunder years. I mean, and incredible, like, incredible. She, so yeah. I think most clubs have like that person that you know you can go to and say, listen, I'm having a hard time with this. I need your help. And they will drop everything no matter what time. When, you know, doesn't matter time of day or anything. Um, they'll drop everything and help you out. And, and I think that's really cool about, you know, the soccer community is, is those people are, are everywhere. Samuel West uh, asks, uh, did the Chicago stadium look empty to anyone last week? Also, what would playoffs look like in late October freezing rain in Minnesota? Uh, I think uh, it, the attendance in Chicago was 11,647. I don't think it compares to Minnesota because... Chicago is in it's in Bridgeview location 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 yeah and that's the same problem that a lot of teams have Rapids Galaxy what I mean whoever you are if you're not in, in the prime location um, well it, Houston it, still it, have it, that problem it hurts you and it, and it really hurts you and especially come playoff time if you don't have that excited fan base that is 
you know, it's and and Minnesota doesn't have that problem because they're they're in Minneapolis right now. They will be in St. Paul, um, and that's that's something that I think every MLS team and I think Don Garber himself really worries about from here on out is that what's the location of the stadium because growing up in Colorado with Dick's Sporting Goods Park. It was fantastic for youth programs to have all the fields out there, yeah. but it's in Commerce City, and it, it's a drive from from Denver. It, it's especially it's, on a Wednesday night. Absolutely, it's not easy. And and if you're a fan, if you're a true fan, it's like you wanna you wanna have a good time, you wanna have a full night, you wanna um, you know have a couple beers. You're not you're not gonna be willing to go out there and then drive all the way back. Or to- or even if you you know imagine your family, you come home from work, you pick up your kids, mm-hmm. and then you go out. It's just it, it's I mean, tough. It's, it's, it's tough on a Wednesday. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not easy. You're not um, on like a whale graveyard or anything. No. no, no. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, for both of you. Uh, at uh, this is Jim Oliver asks: Is New York red or blue? Well, I can, Jim, I, I can tell you that New York is blue and New Jer- New Jersey is red. That's for sure. <laughs> if I want to be politically correct about this, but Austin, I, I'm rooting for my boys in blue. I don't sure. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not green. That's all we know. <laughs> all right, uh, Burke Erman Trout says, uh, "What should Minnesota United's Minnesota United FC's midfield look like next season?" I mean, Austin, I don't know if you've watched enough Minnesota, but I know Austin's answer will probably re- reflect mine. But go ahead, pal. Build around Sam Cronin. There you go, hundred percent. Uh, I, 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 like I said earlier, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch that team progress. I do think they, they have some good pieces, and uh, I'm confident that they'll continue to build on them. But you know, I do, I do think that Sam and and uh, when Birchie came over from Colorado, uh, you, you could see a difference right away. Um, so hopefully, they just you know continue to progress in that way and. and bring in uh you know sort of a mix of uh, talent you know with you know mls veterans that, that have been around and 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 know the league a little bit yeah i mean and i echo that i think you know hopefully sam recovers from the the head injury this year and the, what is the injury he's got he's got some concussion issues that he's been okay. dealing with and and i know talking to him um uh he's he's just kind of dealing with just some concussion issues, but you know, and I and I'm fully confident because he's a grinder, and and Austin, you know that he's he's not a guy that's gonna take it lightly, and um, he's a guy that I think when you saw him come in from that trade, and, and you can you can add add Birch in there, but I think Cronin was the piece, um, just in the fact that he's the tactical intelligence that this team needed, he's the tactical uh, leadership that this team needed, and he kind of navigated the MLS landscape a yeah. little bit, uh, a little bit. Not better, I would say, just more um, with more composure. Uh, I, I, some would point out Dave Leidig, uh, 551's uh, super stats guy, would point out uh, Minnesota was actually better without Cronin toward mm-hmm. the end of the season. But my, we have towards not. Towards the end of the season. Toward the end of the season. And, my, and, I, and I would argue that every expansion team gets better at the end of the and, season. And I, I also think that the problem is that Ibsen is a poison pill of being. He is an amazing player, but his downsides, Cronin can't make up for those downsides the same way. I don't think that he's mobile You're, you're talking tactical. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, you know, and I think Ibsen, and playing with Ibsen, he's you, a fantastic you can't make, player. 
but you can't it, make gifts out of tactics. Yeah, that's the thing, is, and, and yeah. that's that's the unsung hero, and that's the, <laughs> that's like the intangible is that is if you don't have a Cronin on the field yeah. with Ibsen, then Ibsen not only looks worse, but yeah. the team but also I, suffers. I think I think we we need someone. We if if Ibsen is the man next year, and are, are you talking a number six that's just a world beater? No, no, I just mean we either need. Ibsen and Cronin, I don't think, are a good pair. Okay. And I think Why? that uh, because I don't think Cronin's mobile enough to fill the spaces that Ibsen is Do leaving you, open. You think that's the age, or that's just I think the that's his style too. You I know, mean, it, it's it's like he's not he he does run all over the park. I think you need a bit more of a pit bull. More than more than Cronin. Okay, so who do. who would you be your ideal MLS six to pair I, with Ibsen? I would pair with Cronin. Cronin Cronin's thirty, right? No, I'm saying with with Ibsen. If you had your pick of anybody, no matter the cap, mm. you could pick a midfielder that would pair with Ibsen. Chara would be a, a really type of, type of guy. Yeah, I mean he's the first guy who comes to mind. So if there's... he's going to be off the field with five yellows and maybe yeah, a red I know, corner. I know, I know. But but uh, that genre of of player, uh, not Chara, but yeah, okay. Kind of like a nasty guy in there. Yeah, just a just a son of a bitch. Okay. And I don't think I think Cronin is a bit more. He's smarter, right? He doesn't have to make tackles. He's I, I love Cronin. I'm I'm not not no no no. I know messing with your. Why do you guys hate Cronin yeah, so much? Exactly. What do you mean, you guys? Yeah, I've just been singing his praises, Austin. David David Pet Stick says, to sports, Austin. Uh, Jeez. Uh, who will be the surprise inclusions and exclusions for the protected roster for the expansion draft? This is this. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. On on what team? ML- Minnesota. On Minnesota, the surprising ones. Yeah. Um, we'll, I well probably. I mean, I I would be surprised. We'll expose guys like. Ibsen. No, I I would I would be surprised if Minnesota left, uh, Jerome, uh, TS on on, like not protected. I think, and, and I I like Jerry. I think he's a great guy. Obviously, he's become a fan favorite here in Minnesota. Um, just. Hey, but he's a competent fullback. Can you tell all your your fellow players just master Instagram? Just be funny on Instagram. No, I mean it's like if you watch the guy <laughs> dude, play, dude. Instagram like, is hard, dude. <laughs> I know, but John Alvega and Jerome um, uh, Tayson I mean, are just amazing at it on the field. <laughs> if you uh, you know like defensively, sure you could get a little bit harder, you could get a little bit tighter, but. Uh, I think his awareness of the game, his his moving forward, his moving, yeah, I he's mean, a very good passer of the ball. He's good possessor. He's of a the very ball. competent outside yeah. back in MLS. And and to be fair, to be quite honest, knowing expansion clubs, I don't think that he would be picked up. Yeah. So maybe it's a smart idea to leave him unprotected because I don't think that LAFC will pick him up. However, the, you know, I think he's a guy going forward that Minnesota can yeah. use. The fact is, Minnesota. Have a lot of players that they seem what they want to get rid of. So well, I hope I hope they keep Brent Coleman. So yeah, I I think well, a Brent's uh, contract will kind of take yeah. care of that. Um, so Dan Scarup asks, uh, uh, what do you think uh, will happen with the whole pre-court? Uh, no, it's all right. We'll move on. United loons. I <laughs> know. I'm just going through like uh, we can go through that forever. It's kind of a good question, but. Uh, United Loons asks, how great would an American Alex Hunter be? And do you guys know who Alex Hunter is? Nope. I had to Google this. Can I Can I be honest and say absolutely not? Yeah, I had to Google this. Okay. He's the, the fictional FIFA character okay. that you can play as this guy and build his career, etc. Okay. Do you know this? You guys play FIFA at all? I don't, so I'm... I've played kids, so I don't play FIFA 10. 
was the last one I played. Okay, well, great. All right, cool. Great, great question, United Loons. We got the oldest losers <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so no. Dan Scarup does ask about uh, NASL, and I, I'm, I'm really curious, Austin. It's been a crazy freaking few years uh, in NASL. Has it? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> what What do you guys, when you see these stories on 55.1, so go check it out, hello. Uh, no, but like when you see these stories, like, are, it, it's got to be really surreal, right? Like, oh, hey, I'm going to go play this weekend, but also is my league going to exist next year? I don't know what the hell's, uh, what has that been like for you? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's this at this point I we've all sort of gotten used to it and it's like the the off season's coming, we all sort of know the drill. Um but yeah, it's just it's hard because I think, you know, you just go back to what Jeb was talking about earlier. It's like these are people, man, like they're you know, it's yeah. tons of players, tons of front office staff and you know, that sort of gets lost in all of this like Twitter snark and yeah. like yeah, who wants the cosmos to die and stuff yeah, like that? Like, yeah, like make your jokes, whatever. But like at the end of the day, you know, it's just it's people, it's jobs, it's you know, it's just not as simple as people make it out to be. And and yeah. you know, I, for all of the NASL's faults, like it's given me a, a living for the past six years. Um, for all of NASL so, sports, it's, it's paid better than USL teams. You know, Cincinnati yeah. guys, uh, you know, I, I know that Cincinnati guys, you know, they can make their 40 grand and then some NASL guys can make their 60, 80 grand, which is a, you know. Shit, dude, <laughs> who are you talking to? Oh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, or are, we, are, we, are we talking in American dollars? Yeah, 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 I don't know. I mean, uh, no, but yeah, that, like it's yeah, it's just it's not as easy as just being like, oh, you know, NASL needs to needs to die. Like, that's not good for anybody. Like, killing a league is not good for anybody. You know, I I just I want to see all these teams succeed. I want to see people keep their jobs you know i don't know it's it's just hard it's hard to be sort of in the middle of it and and watch it happen around you and there's just it's it's just yeah. it's just kind of sad like i don't i don't yeah. know what else to really say about it <laughs> i mean that's exactly what i would say about it yeah yeah let me ask you finally uh um uh halloween costumes this is final question jeb what are you what are you going as for halloween well i let my uh i let my son pick it who's just past two years old so you can imagine where this is going uh he he chose uh dory for me um who you know that's i guess that's a good sign because he doesn't know about sexual <laughs> like differences like, dory uh from finding nemo oh, oh the oh, one who yeah, forgets yeah, yeah, everything yeah. I was, so i don't yeah. know if it's like an indictment of me forgetting things around the house or if you it's just more look like just, a fish or maybe it's just my positive demeanor around <laughs> yeah, the house yeah. um just keep swimming man just keep, just swimming. keep swimming um so you know we have a great neighborhood and and there's some guys down the street last year who uh and, and to be fair i was just coming off of the surgery and i was messed up and i was trying to crutch around taking my son around and they were handing out fireball shots and like they're like hey dad's like come hang out so i'm looking <laughs> I, i'm really hoping those guys man have that woodbury yeah, woodbury's like, really woodbury's uh, go crazy they, they go sounds hard. rad so i'm hoping that those uh those guys accept the dory this year yeah um but uh, yeah, my son will be a bunny, and 
we're we're looking forward to it. Just freezing cold. You know, I, I might tell my son yeah, I'm going to be a snowboarder and just kind of bundle up and put some yeah. goggles on. But <laughs> he won't notice. He he won't care. Austin, uh, Halloween costume. I have no plans as of right now. Ooh, no. I, okay. If I, I I would go, I would definitely go something like Stranger Things themed. If if I had to make like a last minute decision, I forgot to mm. ask you guys about yeah. Stranger. Which Things. which character? You can't oh, say Eleven because that's so overdone. No, I wouldn't say Eleven. Eleven is like she's like off the board in season two, kind of. So they mm. they yeah. at least I'm I'm five episodes in, so I haven't. I think yet, I'm four in. I'm so three. So second second we're done with the, second I'm done editing this tonight. I'm gonna go into. I think I would go Bob the Brain, dude. Like but <laughs> Sean Astin coming in strong. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, uh, my daughter Iris is basically eleven. She has like telekinetic powers, and so and the, and the short haircut. So, basically, yeah, I'm afraid of that TV show. Basically. I have a, so I have I have a question. So so currently it's 1984 in Hawkins. Yeah, and so we have Sean Astin playing Bob. Yeah. So in in 1985, Goonies comes out. Whoa. Is everyone just gonna be like, "Oh my God, Bob, you look a lot like Mikey"? <laughs> like, what? A, it's how are they gonna be, handle that? It's gonna be crazy for him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's weird. dead. I haven't watched the the second five episodes yet. Maybe he dies, and it won't matter. But I, I saw someone tweet something about him. Oh no! And now I'm like, don't oh, tell me. There's a secret. I don't know. All I saw there was there was Bob in it, and I was like, oh, okay. So now everyone knows there may be something. So all right, all well, right, that would be a good way to handle that. Well, Austin, him. thank you for coming on the show. I, I appreciate it. I, I look forward to actually. I've met a bunch of the North Carolina guys, but never you apparently. Uh, um, thank you and good luck this weekend. Uh, kick the shit out of those frat boy deltas. And, <laughs> and, uh, uh, Jeb, thank you again for coming in. It's always good to see you. Uh, hey. I, lots of Minnesota fans miss you and and talk. Uh, I miss them very fondly, and I miss so. you know talking knee to knee with you. And <laughs> it's uh, it's been a while since this we've done that. So into, I'm gonna actually I am gonna take a picture of it and and we'll we'll you get should. a picture. We of this, should commemorate this moment. Yeah, and uh, Austin, well, I appreciate you guys letting me be a part of your. Romantic, I, I think we should create uh, a, a podcast. Create a podcast called Fifty Five Two. Oh. Um, Advanced. But T-O-O and just yeah. kind of like oh, what else is there that's good. that we're not talking Word about. Wordplay lemon. Whoa. <laughs> What's uh, lemon mean? Let's talk about that on 50 Come on, man. 30 Rock. 30 Rock. I don't watch 30 Rock. Who's lemon? I watch, there you I watch go. Rick and Morty. Alright. Enough, guys. <laughs> you we can do a Rick and, if you want to do a Rick and Morty podcast, we can do 100%. Alright. <laughs> thank you so much. Alright. Take care, guys.